This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name is Daryl Ong and you tune in to Banan, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Now, a talking point coming out of last month's Hangzhou Asian Games was on the underwhelming performance and results of the national men's hockey team. The Speedy Tigers ended the campaign in sixth place, losing three times in a row to lesser-ranked teams at the tournament. A medal for hockey was expected, where a positive result will automatically qualify the Speedy Tigers to next year's Paris Olympics. The campaign was also one that dropped the national team rankings from 10th in the world to 12th, with the knockback effect being that the Olympic Council of Malaysia took the sport out of the Road to Go programme. Joining us on the line this week is I, Vignes Warren, a former hockey international and also the president of the Kuala Lumpur Hockey Association. He joins us on the program as we dissect the Asian Games performance while looking ahead at the hurdles to Paris Olympic qualification. I believe that um, the guys, the team, the boys team especially, they, they're geared to go for a gold medal. But the thing is, um, probably... They went for a tournament before that Asian Champions Trophy in India yep. and they did pretty well uh, losing to India in the final. And I think it's difficult to pick twice in a very short spell. And and the other reason is probably they have too much pressure thinking that they want to win gold. So sometimes, you know, in sports especially, you must think about the little steps, the process, rather than uh, the destination. Mm. And you touched a bit about uh, that performance in India. Um, you talking about how they peak, and I guess some some people would say that, especially in the lead up to Olympics, um, they played their best hockey in August at that Asian Champions Trophy in India. Do you agree that they peaked a bit too early and too soon? Well, looking at results, one can say that possibly you know th- that peaking, you can't peak twice in a very short spell, and um, that's one of the concerns. Uh, the team is good, uh, very well prepared, good set of players, very motivated. And I know how frustrating one can be expecting something and then you end up something else. Yeah, yeah, expectations, right? I think they went yeah. into the tournament, they went to China with hopes really set high for them. One of the title, uh, gold medal contenders really. And uh, just to f- f- fizzle out like that is quite a disappointment, isn't it? Yeah, and... Um, Interestingly, at this level in sports, the difference is not big. It's just moments in the game. Mm. For instance, uh, when we played Korea in the actual game, we had a penalty stroke. Had that penalty stroke gone in, our fortunes would have changed. Mm. Kind of moments in game matters a lot. It was not favourable to us and uh, that's the results. Mm, the little things matter, right? Yeah. Uh, Malaysia, after that campaign, dropped from 10 to 12 in the world rankings, which is quite surprising because like we mentioned, you know, team was on an upward trajectory, uh, losing three times at the Asian Games to lesser ranked teams. What will you attribute this drastic change of form to? Yeah, obviously. And, you know, sports is something that is unpredictable. That's why, you know, that's the excitement of playing. That's the excitement of watching Mm. the game. Mm. You know, sometimes you go in as favourites and then you get upset by some opponents who you think that you can uh, overtake them and beat them, but then they come with a different strategy and they outwit you. So this is all... uh, Sports, what it, what excitement it brings to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yourself being in a former international, um, when you, when you watch the the yeah. games in Asia, how has yeah. the level of competition at the Asian Games evolved over the years? Uh, is it the case, bigness of 
other countries pulling ahead of us in terms of quality? Well, um, India has pumped in so much money, invested a lot, and you can see of recent times, even their under-16 goes to Europe for a tour, mm. play tour and stuff like that. So they're very serious uh, about their hockey. A lot of uh, government injection into the sport that you can see they are now uh, number one uh, hockey nation in Asia. Yeah. And um, um, obviously Japan, Korea, even the likes of Indonesia is coming up. Mm. Indonesia of recent times has invested a lot and they're trying to narrow the gap. So this is where uh, we have to really pull ahead, you know, in our own way. Yeah, the competition is high. I think many people also were surprised by host China and the quality of hockey that they brought to the table. Oh yes, definitely. You know, being the host country, China, they have invested a lot in the hockey. Mm. If you see the women's team especially, they won gold. They roped in Elson Annan, who was the former Dutch um, um, coach who won um, the Olympic gold medal. And then they have Rick Charlesworth to follow it, who is a, a very, very um, notable coach around the world. People mm. know him. Mm. You can see how they turn around the Chinese team to win gold, gold medal at the women's hockey. Plus, you can see the men's team now. They, they outwitted us. Yeah. And uh, this is where China has come back into hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at our own game, Vignes, I think one of the key flaws that were pointed out was Malaysia's inability to deal with long balls, especially with that game, that cruncher with China. However, in your opinion, were there any silver linings, you know, key highlights of the performance, you know, standout players or moments? Well, um, China strategically played to their strengths. Um, they had to take their chances through long balls and counter-attack. And they know that is where um, they, our defence is vulnerable. Mm. But when we push up, we press full, and then we try to create something. And then off the mistakes, they counter through long balls and create opportunities behind us. And this is where uh, they got ahead of us. So these kind of things is an educational thing for Malaysia. Yeah. Since this is over, um, we got to learn that in future how to deal with this kind of uh, openings. Mm-hmm. Uh, other, than, other than that, you know, throughout the whole campaign, the whole tournament itself, any key moments for you that stand out? Well, um, obviously you could see China as an emerging country. You can also see India with their dominance. Um, they have like 40 players at least in their senior team pool. Mm. And you can see they have so many uh, players. They have really good depth. So, they're not really bothered of uh, much injuries or whatever. Where else, we, if we have an injured player, we have to be very concerned about that player because our, our pool is not as big as them. Yeah, so these are among the things. Uh, Korea, on the other hand, has an aging team. A few players, probably 40 or reaching 40, mm. and uh, been successful as well. But then in the next few years, we don't know what's going to happen to them. Yeah, and speaking of, you know, um, aging players, you know, Ourselves, Malaysia, not not so yeah. so much different. The scene is kind of like in limbo now. You know, sixty uh, percent of the national team have aging legs. Players almost above thirty years old. While on the other hand, the junior squad not quite ready to make that jump to uh, senior elite competition. Right? Um, in your opinion, why is that that gap in between? Well, this is the the challenge that the country is facing. Yeah. Well, these junior boys are now facing for the junior world cup. Uh, in in four weeks time. We play Chile on the first game. Well, um, we just finished the Sultan of Johor Cup, uh, finishing uh, number seven, mm. South Africa, but behind all the other participating teams. A lot of work needs to be done and that gap has to be narrowed. So this is where um, there is a gap, but it comes over the number of games you play, the young boys, and hopefully by then they can narrow that. But nevertheless, we have the 2021 junior batch. Mm. 
that match went to India in 2021, finished number eight in the world. And at that time, it was pandemic. And we were in a lot of challenges. Malaysia was in a lot of challenges because we allowed sports late August, yeah. early September, whereas other parts of the world, they were already playing months earlier. But still, we managed to finish eight, draw against Belgium during that period, which is world number one. We beat um, Chile and we also beat South Africa, which mm. is also South Africa being the African champions, Chile being the American champions. So that batch of boys, a lot of capable players. And you can see today, a lot of them are playing in hockey fives for the national team. Mm. So hopefully, these boys in the next Malaysian league, they can um, prove a point to the national coach. Mm. Into the you brought up a very interesting point there, point there Vignes, about you know that gap about opening up sports again, right, during the height of the pandemic. It yeah. seems like, although there were small victories here and there, um, it seems like we are paying the price now in that sense, in terms of performance. What are your thoughts? Yeah, of course. Um, when there is no sports being played for probably close to two years, then um, the development, a lot of new players lose opportunity. Assuming you are 11 or 12 years old in 2020, you never played MSSM, you never played inter-school. Yeah. Suddenly, you are in Form 1, Form 2, and then you're trying to play the sport. So this is where time is of essence. So pretty that batch is the same thing at uh, international game where we were allowed to play later mm. as compared to the European counterparts. Mm. Uh, yeah. some, such a tournament you brought up um, that happened recently, uh, the Sultan of Johor Cup, right? Happened last weekend. Malaysia's junior team narrowly avoided uh, the bottom spot. Like you said, seven out of eight teams. Not quite a good look, especially for a home tournament. Um, in your opinion, what went wrong? Well, um, in this team, a lot of things are need to be worked out. This is where the fine-tuning towards mm. the tournament has to come in place. You know, very, very... It's not the big mistakes, it's the simple things. Uh, sustainability in a game, you could see like against Great Britain, 3 nil down in the beginning of the match mm. and then they came back in the second quarter, 3 all. Yeah. And then the third quarter... They let in the goals, you know, and lost 7-4. So they have the capability to take on the British, for instance. But then there's a lot of loose ends at the back that allow the British to score those goals. So this is where the coach now has to really fine-tune the team, making sure correct whatever wrongs that they see in uh, the Sultan of Johor Cup. Mm, mm. And speaking of coaches, right, um, MHC uh, has brought in an Australian penalty corner specialist and also a Dutch goalkeeper for the juniors team, uh, especially upcoming, right, the Juniors World Cup in KL happening in December. Um, for you, is this a much-needed boost uh, for ahead of the tournament? Obviously, because uh, they brought in Martin Rivers, who is a goalkeeping specialist, to give the uh, goalkeepers the final points confidence and also to assist the goalkeeping coach mm. and then uh, Cirello is a very well-known uh, drag flicker um, for Australia in his heydays so he is here obviously to also help all the penalty corner executioners so in in the most recent Sultan Johor Cup we scored some really good goals mm. to penalty corners but then we also could have done better mm. you know because taking a penalty corner involves a coordination between the pusher, stopper and the flicker. So sometimes there were moments where the stopper did not manage to stop the ball perfectly or the direction of the push did not go uh, to what it's supposed to go. You know, those kind of small little things. This is where Cirello has to come and correct those things. Mm. How about the senior team, uh, Venus? How, uh, what do you think about the coaching staff on that side? Well, they have Arul, yep. who um, has been coaching for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, the target is to qualify for Olympics. The last was year 2000 in Sydney. 
Correct. So 20 odd years, 23 years, we haven't gone. So that's where he starts to. And um, the, our president, Datuk Sri Subhan, he has given Arul whatever he wants, 100% support, you know, to make sure that our national team works really well. So we have a second um, attempt now mm. um, in the in the qualifiers for Olympics. Obviously, it's not easy, but it's not impossible. Yeah, not impossible for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of the Olympics, um, the Road to Gold program, uh, Vignes, uh, we were uh, hockey was included in the initial, the first draft rather, and then now yeah. after the Asian Games campaign, uh, hockey was unfortunately excluded. Um, was it a fair decision based on recent results? Um, for me, obviously, it's fair to exclude them from the uh, Road to Gold because of the performance in Asian Games. But then, I would have given a second consideration because there is an Olympic qualifier in January. Yep. So I have probably allowed the next two, three months so that the team doesn't lose its uh, structure or thoughts, you know, and say, hey, I give you time till January. If you don't achieve, then you, I have to exclude you. Yeah. That would be a better option in my point of view, but then we have to respect whatever the committee has made decision. Yeah, because yeah. it's not just that, right? It affects the player's motivation as well. Absolutely. Exactly. That is exactly, you know, they, they would have had financial commitments or whatever. We don't know, you know. But then this is where the, the financial implication really plays a role in their pursuit to excellence. Because if you look at it, the whole year they've been working hard, yeah. pushing up the ranks, being in the final for a couple of tournaments, and then one uh, drawback in the Asian game that you get punished. Yeah, yeah, seems like quite a severe punishment. But um, there, there is, uh, you know, um, light at the end of the tunnel. You know, if we do make the Olympics in January, um, uh, the Road to Gold Committee will put hockey back, and that's good news, isn't it? Obviously, you know, they, they, it's worth a consideration because you know, I think this is the best team sport this country has. You know, on a bigger scale. Yeah, and it's very important that a team sport is being given to support. Yeah. Because in a national team, normally the team sport is the one that represents or shows the character of a country. Obviously, not we respect the individual sports or, or sports where it requires doubles and those kind of things. They have done really, really well. But when it comes to a bigger number of teams, coordinating 11 players at any one time on the field, 18 players in a team and, and pushing forward, driving against uh, stronger teams, uh, teams that has strategy, tactics and so many other sports sciences in it is something that you know we need to be proud of and support behind. 100%. Um, from an administrator's point of view, administrator's perspective, uh, can you share with us some insights into the support and resources provided to the team? For example, uh, KL Hockey Association, um, what kind of help is the government or sports organisations uh, doing to, to help you guys in, in this aspect? Uh, that's a very valid and interesting question. We, we get support from Malaysian Hockey Confederation. They are our parent. On the other hand, DBKL is our partner. Mm -hmm. They're supporting us a lot uh, by the field to play, you know, the pitch. And uh, we do joint, joint events together in Kuala Lumpur. But otherwise, in terms of funding, we have Majistukan Wilaya supporting the Sukma program. Mm. Otherwise, we, we definitely need uh, assistance and support from uh, corporate bodies or, or other government agencies into making sure that we have a reliable program, you know, a year-long program where it covers every aspect of the game, from development to elite to even the veterans. Because, you know, when you have retired, for instance, what do you do? You don't go to work, you don't know what to do, and sports is one avenue 
where you still, you know, you have your mental health and you stay healthy. Mm. So our every other area, and obviously we need that support from wherever we can get mm. in making sure this process is um, sustainable. Tell us a little bit about the efforts put in by uh, the Kuala Lumpur Hockey Association to reach out to the grass- grassroots to tap into uh, that talent pool of aspiring hockey players. We are quite lucky and fortunate. If you look at other states, they go based on school programs and their athletes are districts, for instance. But Kuala Lumpur, our athletes are clubs. We've got 40-year-old clubs and we are growing. So these clubs, a lot of them have their own development program. So we support those programs by giving the coaches uh, coaching courses, upskilling them, putting them into technical or umpiring, you know, those kind of things because there's more than just playing. Mm. Um, and, and we run events, um, the the development league and stuff like this. But unfortunately, at the moment, the the stadium, the hockey stadium, uh, Kuala Lumpur Hockey Stadium is going through repairs, mm. waiting for that to be rectified before this uh, development league can continue, the KL League and various other events can uh, continue. Mm. A- any timeline given? Uh, well... We're still waiting. <laughs> That's a challenge because, you know, we've got to respect government procedures. Mm-hmm. We want it sooner than later. Um, back to the speedy, speedy Tigers and on to the Olympic qualification. Um, like yeah. you mentioned, you know, qualifying in January in Oman and Spain coming up. Uh, we last qualified for the Olympics, like you said, in 2000, Sydney. Uh, what do you think needs to be done as a whole, you know, to bring back the golden age of hockey in Malaysia? Well, um... One thing important that we need to note is today, more nations are playing hockey. Yeah, it's getting more uh, scientific, more tactical. Um, you can't run away from grassroots things like that. And uh, to prepare a team for Olympic Games, it takes an eight-year cycle. So the investment into athletes is not now; it's from when they are young. So these are all the considerations. So you have new nations coming in uh, and trying to overtake the more established nations like for instance in Asia Games we see China now you know outshining others so this is the challenge in sports that we have to face but we have to prepare ourselves cleverly and 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 get the right people so this sport like hockey it's like art of going to war you know in a in a team you can't have all soldiers Mm. no you need to have the sergeant you need to have the captain you need to have the general major you know that kind of thing so you need Leadership within the team, the guy who calls the shot, leads the team, follows the um, runs the coach instruction on the field and to the players. You also need players who are thinkers, not just uh, executors, who can, uh, you know, sports, hockey is such a sport, um, fast sport, mm. that your decision making process has to be split second. You know, so you got to map, you got to do pre scan planning all these things. So a lot of mental thought into it, not just physical. Mm. So you need people of all walks of life, different characters. You need um, um, a, a different mix of hockey players. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, witness that you're one of the captains, one of the sergeants driving uh, Malaysian <laughs> hockey forward. Uh, last question, what are your hopes for the future of the scene in Malaysia? Well, obviously, I want to see them uh, not just qualify for Olympics, but do well in the games. You know, for all these years, even during my playing days, everybody talks about qualifying for Olympics. Yeah. But why do we just want to qualify? You know, we want to do well. We want to do well at every level. Because when you say you just want to qualify, what happens when you're qualified? Going for a holiday? You know, we want to do well. We want to make sure we build this game to a different level. So we need 
people with the right mindset, with right, not just mental strength, but psychological advantage, believing that when you walk into the field against um, players who are more established, you will take them on. You know, you give them no respect. You know, if they want to be better, they got to be better than your best. That was I, Vignes Warren, the president of the Kuala Lumpur Hockey Association, also the manager of the Under-21 national hockey team, as this week we've been dissecting the Asian Games performance while looking at the hurdles ahead of the Paris Olympics qualification. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's show. If you'd like to revisit that story again, you can head over to our website real soon, www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. And if you'd like to get in touch with the program, you can access at BFM Radio. My name is Daryl Ong and this has been Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week, only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.